Well, good morning. Good morning. That was kind of weak. I know it's early and I know it's cold, but we can do better now. Good morning. Good morning. That's much better. I'm Pastor Dan. I'm the care pastor here at Troy United Methodist Church. And I want to thank you for being here this morning. Um, before we get started, I, I want to thank all the moms that are here. Um, my mom's been gone 19 years this June. So uh, I've... Uh, I always cherish whenever I see moms and kids and uh, loving on each other and caring for each other. But at the same time, I want to recognize the fact that Mother's Day for some women is a very difficult time. Uh, either you're single and you'd love to have children at some point, just haven't found Mr. Right yet, or maybe, um, maybe you have lost your mother. Maybe you're not able to get pregnant and have a child. May, there's others who have lost their children prematurely or just as we had a funeral for little Connor this past week. Mother's Day can be a, a grim reminder of the pain. Believe it or not, some moms even choose to stay home on Mother's Day because it's just too painful. And so I want to recognize that. I know that that's true right up front. In preparing for Mother's Day, I remember reading an illustration about a drill sergeant who was frustrated as he was trying to make a soldier out of a young man. The trainee lagged behind on all the marches. He used an excuse to go to the sick hall. He grumbled constantly about the food. He never made his cot properly. But one day, one day, everything changed. Someone asked, well, what happened that changed this soldier's attitude so drastically? The drill sergeant said, you know, threats and punishment didn't work on him, so I had to result to the ultimate weapon. I called his mom. <laughs> I know my wife and I, as the 30-some years, whatever, I've been in ministry, um, there are times whenever mama has a way to get through to not only the children, but, but to us too, right guys? My wife may be five foot two, but she's pretty powerful. So I, when she speaks, I listen. And um, don't always do what she tells me, but at least I listen. She lets me think I wear the pants, and uh, I think I do. She lets me believe that. I truly believe that mothers and grandmothers have a, an amazing amount of influence on our children I'm convinced that the influence and the prayers of my grandmother made a difference in this young man's life. Well, I'm not so young anymore, but my family didn't go to church. Um, I didn't come to Jesus until I was 21 years old. But my grandmother, who just happened to live next door, was a praying Nazarene grandma. And she prayed for her children she prayed for all of her grandchildren. And 45 years later, I stand before you, and I'm convinced it was because of her prayers and her influence. Everybody in the neighborhood called her Granny. Everybody, all the neighbors, she was Granny to everyone. But she was a praying Nazarene that made a difference in a lot of people's lives. I believe that her influence and, and just observing her life and the way she lived her life 
impressed upon me. There's something about this Christian faith, but I wasn't interested in it. Just a side note, my, my wife and I were at Granny's one afternoon, shortly after we were married. Well, probably about five years after we were married. And she looked at my wife and said, honey, are you pregnant? <laughs> no. Yes, she was. And I don't know how grandma knew that, but she just had this spirit gift, I guess. Just had a way of seeing and knowing things. On this Mother's Day um, in 2019, the scripture proclaims the influence of mothers and grandmothers on individuals and children. We see a huge influence of Timothy's mother and his grandmother and the, that influence it had on their lives, on his life. An influence that shaped his life and, and he believed that this influence Paul talks about, and he speaks about grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Paul said they exhibited a sincere faith. Have you ever asked, but what makes faith come alive? What makes faith in a person so tangible? I believe it's a sincerity in our faith and in living out that faith in our daily living. You know, sometimes I think, um, in the church, we have this mentality that we go to church on Sunday. So we get up Sunday morning and we grab off the shelf, metaphorically, this box, this chamber, and we plug it in and we go to church and we praise God. And when we come home, we take it out and we set it back on the shelf and we live like hell the rest of the week. But it's a 24-7 influence in our lives. I believe that sincere faith becomes evident. It's tangible and other people see that in our lives as we live our, our faith in front of them. I was a youth pastor in Tennessee many, many years ago. My secretary set me down one day and she goes, sit down, I want to talk to you. She said, what's different about you? I've always been a little peculiar. So what do you mean? I've been told I was a little strange. She said, you act like you believe this stuff. Well, yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's the word of God and it's the roadmap. It's Bible, you know, it means basic instructions before leaving earth, right? And, and I said, I just believe it. I just, I, I try to live it. I try to make my life a reflection or an example of Christ in how I deal with other people. In our passage this morning, the Apostle Paul encourages us to rekindle the gift. And he enumerates to Timothy three gifts that the Spirit gives him. And he provides also for us. The first gift is the Spirit of power. It's an, an amazing gift to be able to influence others. And it's up to us to decide how we will use the gifts that we have. We will use our gifts to either influence others toward good or toward evil. The word influencing is defined in the dictionary as the capacity or power of persons or things to be a compelling force on or produce effects on the actions, behavior, and opinions 
of others. I believe that those that deal with children and young people have a great influence and an ability to touch lives. I, uh, as a youth pastor many years ago, I still from time to time used to get phone calls. Now I get Facebook messages or something. They text me and say, Dan Perry, I love you and I want you to know how much I appreciate your influence was in my life during high school. They're now in their 40s. And, he, and I just thought I was kind of doing my job. <laughs> and I was just living that faith out in front of them. There's a Spanish proverb that says, an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. That kind of hurts. <laughs> an ounce of mama is worth a pound of the preacher. Okay. For example, there was a mother who took her young son shopping, and after the day in the store, the clerk handed the little boy a lollipop, and mother said, what do you say to the little boy? To which he, he, he replied, charge it. They observe what we do. And I remember one time my son was telling me, he said, hey, Dad, I want you to, I want to buy this. And I said, well, honey, I don't have the money right now. Well, just put it on your credit card. Put away the credit card. <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, it's in the bank. No, it's not in the bank, honey. It's not there. Kids, children, teenagers, young adults, peers, they watch us. They listen to us. They pay attention to what we say versus what we do. There are times when what we say or do affects others so much that it sticks with them for life. In his book, Touching a Dozen Lives, John Maxwell quotes an anonymous poem. It goes like this. My life shall touch a dozen lives before this day is done. Leave countless marks for good or ill ere sets the evening sun. This is the wish I always wish, the prayer I always pray. Lord, may my life help others' lives. It touches by the way. I have two very influential people in my life that are no longer living. One I called my spiritual daddy. The other I called my spiritual mama. Both have died in the last couple of years. My spiritual daddy was my home pastor. At 21, he was the one that led me to Christ. My spiritual mama was a lady that I recorded with in doing her, she was a songwriter. And I wrote, and she would write songs, and I would sing duets with her, and she became very influential in my life. The spirit of power. God gives us a spirit of power to influence others. And the next gift is the spirit that he provides is the spirit of love. God sent his son, Christ Jesus. He went to the extremes to show the ultimate example of love. Why is that? Why did he do that? So we can know what true sacrificial love looks like. Agape love. A love that is true Christ-like. 
willing to lay our lives down for others. Within us, we can draw up that kind of Christ-like love because the Holy Spirit of God dwells within us. A love that continues to love and eventually influences others for the good and even sometimes helping to lead them to Christ. The final gift that the Spirit of God gives us is the spirit of self-discipline. If you've ever been fortunate enough to have an influence on people who truly love you, you walked in God's light, you were people used the Spirit of God in a powerful way, loving and self-discipline. Then once you become truly mature, listening to Paul's encouragement to continue in what you have learned and knowing from whom you have learned it, as he says in verse 15. If you know that the living faith that is so deeply embedded in the lives of your parents and your grandparents, continue that way. Continue living that very same way, influencing your children, neighbors, your family, your coworkers, a cashier at the store. As Christians, can we not at least say to someone, have a good day? Or, bless you. Whenever people a lot of times will ask me, well, how are you doing today, Dan? I'll say, I'm blessed. And it, it just catches you off guard. I learned that from my, bro my black brothers and sisters. A lot of you will ask them, well, how are you doing? They'll say, I'm blessed. And aren't you blessed? We're all blessed, far beyond what we probably deserve. Paul reminds us in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 that as a result of those influences, those gifts that the Spirit of God gives us, and we dis others display in front of us and we display in front of others, there will be scriptures you remember from childhood, scriptures that were in your mind, in your heart, those scriptures that will continue to speak to you throughout your entire life that will help you to develop a living, outgoing faith. I can't remember who, what the, who the theologian was, but someone asked him about what's the greatest thing, the truth you've ever discovered? Expecting them to quote a scripture. He said these words, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Some of the most influential words ever written found in the word of God. And those scriptures will continue to speak to you and through you as you use your influence to touch others' lives. I want to impress how important it is to stir up those gifts that God has given you. Use them for good, but also I want to challenge each of you to stir up those same gifts in your children. My, sorry, Dad, if he watches this. <laughs> My father would tell me that I'm going to, you're going to make a good wife someday. <laughs> Because I would help mom with the dishes. I would run the vacuum sweeper. It didn't fit my dad's hands, but it fit mine. And, 
And I, I have, God has given me this gift of mercy and a servant heart. And so whenever mom needed help, I'd help. And dad was out in the garage working on something all the time or at work. Later as a pastor, that servant heart came out. And I would, one of the churches I served wanted me to just preach, to be in the community as the face of the church. And that's the main things they wanted me to do. That, that was it. Didn't want me to do much of anything else, which was fine. Except I'd come in and there'd be gum on the floor. Well, I'd get my knife out and I'd start scraping up the gum and I'd go, what are you doing? And I'd go, I'm taking up the gum so we don't track it through the church. That's not your job. I said, but you're trying to change who I am. I will plunge the toilets. I won't ask someone to do it. I'll scrape up gum off the floor. I'm not going to ask. By the time I go and ask someone or find someone who could do it, I'd already have it done and be moving on. There's a problem with that too sometimes because you tend to be a little self-sufficient. These passages instruct us to use the gifts that God has given us for good. These passages instruct us on how to understand God's ways for life, instructing us how to come to salvation, instructing us through faith, and through that faith coming to Christ Jesus. The responsibility doesn't fall just on mothers, but also on fathers and grandparents and youth workers and Sunday school teachers and anyone that has influence over children. We have an awesome responsibility to pass on our faith of Jesus to our children and to our children's children. And I'm sure many of us feel that we've not always used our influence and power for good. Uh, any dads here that Mom's here that think, yeah, I didn't do a good job on that one. I have an interesting family. There are five boys in my family, poor mother. Two of us work in the church. Three of my other, my other three brothers have all been in prison. Same parents. What was the difference? It was the people that they allowed to influence them that made the difference. I know, I want you to know that there's, there's hope because those three boys all eventually came around. There's hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Because as long as as you and I live our faith and we have breath, you and I still have time to touch eternity and to make a difference. Amen. This passage of scripture today is a great lead in for what Andy is going to start preaching, a series called, um, I think it's called Drafted. And it's going to talk about investing in the lives of especially our children 
who moms, you already do a great job of that. And so our children will become our future leaders. The scary thing for me is my son's already told me, well, when you get old, Dad, I'm just going to put you in the nursing home. <laughs> Maybe I didn't do so well with him. <laughs> no, it's what a blessing to be able to use the influence we have to touch lives and change lives. Pray with me if you would. God, I pray that you will bless this day and again stir us, stir within us the embers of our spiritual lives. Bring us back to a flaming in eagerness to do what you have asked us to do, to be a witness into this world that is lost, dying, lonely, and in need of a Savior. Help us to use our gifts that you have given us in order to influence others, whether it be our children, our grandchildren, or those we meet every day. Help us to use your gifts that you've given us in a Christ-like way, influencing for good. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said,